Hey, good morning, White Oak. Uh, this is something a little unexpected. I'm not normally up here this early, and no, I'm not here to uh, make announcements. We're jumping right in to our message, and uh, it kind of goes with our theme, something unexpected. Uh, but I want to prepare you mentally because I had to prepare myself so I wasn't late up here. I'm usually out in the lobby shaking hands or saying hi to you who walk in late. You know who you are. Um, but, uh, but this morning, we want to mentally kind of prepare you that uh, our message and our communion time are going to lead into an extended time of worship at the end. See, today we're talking about joy. And we want to celebrate and enjoy what God has done through his son Jesus at the end of our church service. And I think it's going to be uh, something a little different. And uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. You know, when I think about the theme joy and really any of the Advent themes that we've talked about so far in this series, something unexpected, whether it's hope or peace or this idea of joy. You know, these are things that we desperately long for in our world today. I feel like that these are things that we want so badly. And some of them are things that we just aren't quite sure how we can get a hold of them. I mean, think about it. If I were to ask you right now, if we were to poll the crowd, do you find that you're joyful? Do you think that your kids are experiencing true joy? Are you joyful in your marriage? Do you find joy in what you do at work? Are you finding joy in your relationships with one another? Are your kids exhibiting joy when they talk to you or when they go to school? The answer for a lot of people might be no. We are starving for True joy. And so as you examine yourself to kind of see like, oh man, why, why am I missing out on the joy that is uh, promised and, and how do I get it? Today, we're not going to solve all these problems. I'm not going to tell you how that you can uh, remove all the chaos that's happening in your life because we know that it's there. I mean, in a, in a world where anxiety and depression are at all time highs, especially in our teenagers, in a time where we feel like that we're running uh, on empty because our schedule is just so crazy uh, that we can't keep up with all the things that we're supposed to do. In a world where it just feels like there's more and more bad news every time we turn on the TV or we open up our phone. The truth is, I, I can't remove all that chaos from your life. But the good news is what we really want to talk about today is that in the midst of all of that struggle, in the midst of all of that calamity, in the midst of all of the chaos that we're facing here in this world, the truth is that we can still have joy. You see, because joy isn't based off of our circumstances. No, joy is a reality that we experience because of good news. 
And that good news is found in Jesus. As we think about just this idea of joy, one of the things that we're gonna really kind of talk about is this idea that our joy gets, that we experience joy when we decide to take our focus off of ourselves and really try to focus on others. When, when we put our focus uh, less on the things that are going on in our own personal life and we begin to open our eyes and see how others might need to experience joy. And so when we do that, we experience joy ourselves. It's this really interesting phenomenon that uh, when we try to provide joy for someone else by seeing them or meeting a need that they have by just truly loving them, then everything that's going on in our life seems to kind of fade into the background and we experience the joy that God wants for us. You see, joy is made complete in community. That's our big idea today. You might wanna write that down, uh, save that someplace, put that in your phone notes. But, but joy is made complete in community. You see, we weren't designed to do this alone. We weren't uh, created here on earth to, uh, to live alone. But that can be contrary to the culture that we live in. You know, we live in a world where it says, you know, if you've got a problem, you're the answer to fix it. Right? Just change this thing or, or, or adjust this habit in your life. Uh, put on your boots and pull up your bootstraps and that, that you can do it. And the message of God is that on our own, we can't do it. That we'll never be able to do it. And so uh, we want to turn in our Bibles. If you've got your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2 gives us a message about this joy that God wants to deliver here on earth. And we kind of talked about it just briefly last week for a little bit. This is shepherds who are out in the field as they're going to get a message from heaven about this coming savior that we know as Jesus. And so in Luke chapter two, we get the message that's brought to these shepherds. And in it, we're going to find this theme that we're talking about today, this idea of joy. And so I want you to uh, turn with me to Luke chapter two, and we're going to start in verse eight. If you've uh, got your Bibles, turn there with me. You can pull it up on the uh, phone app. If you've got the Bible on your phone, we also have free Bibles at the hub. We'd love to put the word of God in your hand if you'd like to pick one up. But Luke chapter two, starting with verse eight, read along with me. It says, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flock at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying 
in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And maybe you're familiar with that, this this shepherd encounter where an angel comes and gives them the good news that is that Jesus is coming. I love this phrase that gets pulled out of there. It says, do not be afraid, he said. This is the angel talking to the shepherds. He says, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. And so we want to look at this idea. We want to break this down just a little bit. You know, what is the good news that's going to cause great joy for all people? I mean, it's a bold statement that this message that the angel has to deliver is good news, but not just any good news. It's good news that causes great joy And not just for some people, but for all people. And so what is it about this message that the angel is delivering that is good news that causes great joy for all people? We want to look at three things here. First thing is this, it's for all people. Not just some people, not just people that look a certain way, not just people who live in a certain area, but the angel says, I bring you good news that brings great joy for all people. I mean, this is the heart of what makes this such good news is that it is for everyone. And while we love the fact that, uh, and we celebrate the fact that it's for all people, I think we can be the problem. We can be the barrier for it getting to all people sometimes. You see, we, in our mind, we, we just do this so naturally. This message of hope is for these people, but it's not for these people. This message of hope, it's for people who look like me and act like me. This message of hope is for people who go to church with me. This pe- message of hope is, on- we, we limit it. But the angel says about this news that it is for, and it is intended for all people. That Jesus in his coming was not just for the Jewish people. He wasn't just for the people that were living in Jerusalem. He wasn't even just for the people who were going to claim him. But no, this message of hope was intended for everyone. That it would bring great joy for all people. Titus chapter two reiterates this same idea when he says this, he says, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. Paul, as he's writing this letter to Titus says, let me, let me share with you about the good news. He says, it is the grace of God that has appeared and it offers salvation to who? To all people, not just some people, Not just people who look a certain way or act a certain way. Not just the people that we're comfortable with. 
but this is a message of hope that has been brought for all people. And I think that we need to celebrate that and we need to realize that God has sent his son Jesus and that his salvation has been offered, is open to everyone. So it's for all people. The second thing I want you to see is that it is good news. All right, it is good news. Now this word, good news, is where we also get the word gospel. And when the word gospel is used, it is used to reference this message, this proclamation that is life-changing. When the Bible was being written, this would be the, the kind of event that they would be using this idea of gospel to describe something that is seismic. And so this message of hope that is for all people, this good news is life-changing. That's what this word is referring to. It is good news. And so as we talk about this and, uh, and as we kind of explore what it is that, that we're looking at here, uh, what exactly makes this message good news? Uh, what is so good about this message? And so I want to turn in the Bible to a place that for some of you might be super familiar, but it captures this good news message in such a simple way that I want to share it with you today. And it's found in John chapter three, verses 16 and 17. And so this is Jesus having a conversation with a leader in Jerusalem and he wants to describe for him what the good news message is all about. And so in John chapter three, starting with verse 16, this is the message of hope that is captured. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. You ask me, what makes this message, what makes this arrival of this child, what makes this angel's proclamation such good news? This is the good news. That God sent his son, Jesus, and that through him, you and I have the promise of eternal life. That is good news. It says here in John chapter three that God didn't send his son Jesus here to condemn the world. No, he sent his son Jesus here to save the world. And so it's for all people and that we have to know that it is good news. When we talk about the gospel and somebody says, hey, we need to share the gospel with someone, what we're talking about is we need to tell people the good news message that God sent his son Jesus and that through him, all of us have access to eternal life. You see, we don't always experience, you know, we can feel like we're not experiencing joy in this life and we can look around and we can see all the trouble we're facing. We can see all the obstacles that are happening in our life. We can be dealing with this chaos that we're living through. Some of you got sickness. 
Some of you just, you, uh, you're in a, in a broken relationship. Some of you, you know, you just wish better for your kids and there's just all this pain and there's all this hurt. And I wish, I do, I wish that I could take that away or I wish that I could tell you, you know, but hey, tomorrow things are going to get better. But the truth is, I don't know here on earth what tomorrow holds. But our good news message our message of hope that comes from God is not limited to our life here on earth. This is an eternal promise. And so this eternal promise, what it tells us is that no matter how bad today is, no matter how bad your tomorrow is that our promise and that our joy comes through that we know even in the midst of this chaos that we're living through. Who holds our future? Who holds our eternity? And so that is what makes this message good news. So it's for all people and it is good News, And the third thing I want you to see about it is that it is an invitation for transformation. It is an invitation from the angels to these shepherds that their life will never be the same. They say this after the angels make this proclamation about this coming savior, Jesus. They said, let's leave here. Let's leave behind our uh, job as shepherds and let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that God has told us about. We got to get out of here and we got to go see firsthand what is happening. You see, it's not a uh, invitation to stand still. It's not an invitation to do nothing. But the arrival of Jesus brings an opportunity for you and for me to be different to live different. We often say here that we want to learn from Jesus, to live like Jesus. And so Jesus, while he comes and brings joy in the midst of our chaos, he doesn't want to leave us there. No, he wants us to be transformed, to be more like him each and every day. Joy is made complete, not on our own, no, but in community when we are learning from Jesus to live like Jesus and that we're choosing to love other people as opposed to just focusing on our own problems and our own hurts. And so we kind of book in this story of Jesus and his arrival at, as the angels share with the shepherds that Jesus is coming with Jesus's message to his followers towards the end of his life. And so in John chapter 15, Jesus spent some of his last moments with his followers, preparing them for the fact that he was going to have to leave earth, that he wasn't gonna be able to be there in person with them for much longer. Now this, you gotta know, this came as a shock to them. So even though that Jesus had been talking about his death and even though that Jesus had been trying to prepare them for the fact that he was going to leave, they didn't understand it. So in John chapter 15, starting with verse nine, Jesus continues to explain to them that he's not going to be able to be there with them, but yet he was going to 
still be able to bring them joy in their life. And so look with me, verses nine through 12. He says, as the father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Jesus says, follow my commands. Do what I've asked you to do. He said, then my joy will be in you. How do we have the joy of Jesus in us when we do what he asks us to do? He says, then your joy will be made complete. And then he actually, he kind of boils all this down. He says, you want, a, you want a refresher on all the things that I've asked you to do? You want a reminder of how I've asked you to live? You want me to just spell out for you what I really want you to do? He says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. You wanna know how to experience joy in this life? It's not a self-help book. It's not even about decluttering your schedule or trying to find a cure for whatever it is that's broken in your life. Jesus says your joy will be made complete when we choose to love people the way that Jesus loves us. There's just something about, and I, and I, I gotta feel like that, that I can't be the only one that's experienced this. I, I know that, that someone out there has done this. When, when everything's kind of a mess in your life and you just don't know what to do and maybe you're feeling overwhelmed, when those moments arrive, when you can take your focus off of your own stuff and you can actually turn your attention to somebody else, step in and help somebody Everything that's going on in your life just seems to get a little bit better. Those things that seem like disasters just seem to be like, you know what, it's not that bad. We've been called to love others. He says, as my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. And there's this little uh, acronym, you know, it might seem cheesy. Uh, maybe you've heard it before, but it, it has to do with this word that we're talking about today, joy. And, uh, and I'll share it with you because uh, then it'll just be in, ingrained in your mind. And uh, when you see the word joy, you'll think of it. Uh, but some of you, maybe you've seen this before. When you look at the word joy, it's Jesus, it's others, and it's yourself. And it's this way of kind of prioritizing your, your actions, prioritizing your life, prioritizing your focus. Like, like what is it should I, that I should be focused on? What is it that I should be doing? What is it that I should be uh, kind of mindful of? And, uh, and if we put Jesus first, then all these other things seem to kind of find their place. But it's this idea that, that we come last. 
that we're willing in others to put others in front of us, right? This idea that joy is made complete, not alone, not in solitude, but in community. And so when we begin to show and share joy with other people, for some reason we experience joy in our own lives. And so maybe that's helpful for you this Christmas as you think about all the chaos that's going on in your life and you want to capture a little bit of that, I mean, that Christmas spirit. I mean, what, what is Christmas? Is it about getting gifts? Is that, the, is that the spirit on why we celebrate Jesus's birth? I mean, don't get me wrong. I enjoy receiving gifts as much as the next person. But isn't the true meaning of Christmas, isn't the reason we celebrate that we give something to someone because of what God has given to us? And isn't that the heart around why we celebrate? God has given us this tremendous gift in sending his son that is good news for all people. And to celebrate that, we give gifts to other people because we want them to know how much we love them and how much we value them. Isn't that the true meaning of Christmas? That we're putting other people in front of ourselves. I want to remind you of what the angels said as they shared this message with a group of shepherds that were out in a field watching their flock at night. This heavenly host says, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. And this Christmas, I want you to know that Jesus's arrival is good news. It, it is life changing, seismic news that changes the landscape. Why? Because we, you and I, as much as we don't like to admit it, we have a sin problem and our sin, anytime we miss the mark of what God has asked us and called us to do, and because of that sin, we've been separated from God. And the good news message and hope of Jesus is that he has come and that because of Jesus, we have the ability to be reconciled with God. That through Jesus, we have hope that through Jesus, we have forgiveness, that through Jesus, we have eternal life. And so this is good news that is available for all people. And it is life-changing. We're gonna bring up the Hebrew author talks about this joy that Jesus has when he thinks about you and I. And so we're gonna put this up on screen, Hebrews chapter two. It says, it says, fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, you see that? For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition for sinners 
so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Where is joy? For the thing that caused him to go to the cross, but when he was on the cross and he endured the pain of the cross, he considered us. And so that act of sacrifice for him was joy. You see, the reason that we experience joy when we put other people first, the reason that we experience joy only in community is because that's what Jesus did. And Jesus led the way that Jesus set an example for you and for me. And so my challenge for you as we look forward to Christmas together is to put others first, is to look for ways in your life where you can love somebody else. And I'm telling you that no matter what's going on in your life, no matter the struggle, no matter the conflict, no matter the brokenness, no matter the chaos, that you can't, I can't fix those things for you, but I want you to know this, that you can experience joy in the midst of that. How? Through the good news, message, and hope of Jesus. It's only through Jesus. Joy is made complete in community. I want you to pray with me as we uh, prepare to go into a time of communion. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your son, Jesus. I thank you so much for the good news that is in his name. I thank you for the joy that you bring to each and every one of us through his arrival. And maybe we, may we live more like him each and every day. We love you and we praise you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen.